In a global industry where anything can happen, where mistakes cost much more than dollars, we bring you expertise from around the world to ensure that everyone goes home safe every day. The internationally acclaimed Oil & Gas HSE podcast starts now with your host, Russell Stewart. Hey everybody, as always, thanks for tuning in. This is the OGGN Podcast Network. Uh, we are the leading provider of oil and gas podcasts in the world. In fact, we're heard in every country in the world. And if you haven't been to the OGGN website lately, and it's simply OGGN.com, you need to check it out because we've added new podcasts, and I'd have to go back to the website and count them myself, but I think we may be up to about 15 different oil and gas podcasts. This is the HSE's podcast, is that lovely British voiceover said, introducing the show. And we are dedicated to having everybody come home safe. This podcast is sponsored by KnowledgeVine, the leader in human performance training and technologies. And if you appreciate this show, and I get a lot of nice comments from people who do, please reach out to KnowledgeVine and tell them thank you for sponsoring the show. And you can do that at their website, which is knowledgevine.com. And then also at that website, you can find out about the conference that they're holding in Houston. It's the second annual Human Performance in Action Conference, and it is sponsored by KnowledgeVine and the HP Community of Practice, which you can find out more about the HP Community of Practice on the KnowledgeVine website. This conference, Identifying and Managing Risk, the Science, Data, and Application of Working Safely, is going to be held at the uh, Downtown Hyatt Regency in Houston, Texas, April the 17th through the 19th. And you can go to the Knowledge Vine website, click on there and register. My podcast listeners can get a discount by using the code OGGNHSE podcast, and you'll get a 10% discount. One of the reasons people really like this show is because of the quality of guests that we have on, and today's show is no exception. And so I am happy to welcome to the show Miss Molly Detterman. Molly, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm happy to be here. Well, it's my pleasure. Molly, you're the COO of the Energy Workforce Council. Is that right? Yeah. I have been the COO for the last two years. I've been with the organization. This summer, I'll be 10 years and uh, recently promoted to president of the organization. I didn't know that. Congratulations. So, so presidents, that's higher than COO, huh? <laughs> yep, that's how uh, we've organized it. So I am uh, president here along with uh, Tim Tarpley, who leads our government affairs. Okay. And we'll probably, when we talk about Energy Workforce Council, we'll probably talk about that because that's how I found out about you guys. It was from Tim mm-hmm. uh, at an SPE meeting. First of all, Molly, tell me a little bit about yourself. Today, we're actually at your offices yes. uh, at City West Center in Houston. Mm-hmm. Are you from Houston? You live in Houston? I live in Houston, but I'm not from Houston. I'm originally from Alabama. Alabama. Roll Tide. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So what part of Alabama? I'm from Mobile. Okay. So that's South Alabama for those who understand that kind of geography. I actually have all of the family on my father's side is from Alabama. They're in the Birmingham Bessemer area. That means you're good people. (laughs) Well, 
Maybe so. I could tell some interesting stories about that. I actually have a brother who graduated from the University oh, of yeah. Alabama. So did you go to the University of Alabama? I went to grad school there. You went to grad school there? Undergrad, I went to a private university in Birmingham. All right. Okay. Very good. And so you got your degree in? Journalism in German. Journalism in German? Yep. So we could do the interview in German if you'd like, but you know <laughs> that might be a smaller segment of the population that might understand it. We do have listeners in Germany. But yeah, yeah, smaller segment. So no, so I studied journalism and public relations. And then when I got out of school and figured out that I wasn't going to use my German for my work, at least not initially, I started doing PR in the nonprofit world. And so... That kind of led me then to do PR for once I kind of exited doing nonprofit work, then doing PR for oil field services. So when the opportunity arose to join Energy Workforce, it seemed like the perfect combination of the industry that I had just started learning about and was really excited about and bringing my PR background into that. So it's been a really good, good mix. So how long ago was that? I started working with Energy Workforce 10 years ago. 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Okay. You mentioned nonprofits. Of course, everybody who listens to this show, everybody who knows about the OGGN podcast network, we are huge promoters of the industry. One of the mottos on this show is, since it is HSNE, when we talk about the environment, we say the oil and gas industry is not the problem with the environment. The oil and gas industry is going to be the solution mm -hmm. to the problem with the environment. As I said, we're big promoters of the oil and gas industry. In fact, I mentioned a while ago about going to the OGGN website to check out some of our new shows. Our newest show is Oil and Gas Geopolitics. You can uh, find that on Apple or Spotify, or you can go to the OGGN website, click on Find Your Podcast, and you'll find our newest show, Oil and Gas Geopolitics. But you mentioned nonprofit. And so since we are big promoters of the oil and gas industry, I found out about this Energy Workforce Council. And I wanted to have you on the show because maybe this is a reflection on me, but I had not heard of the Energy Workforce Council. I was actually very impressed when I met your compadre, Tim, it's Tim Tarpley, right? Yes. Yeah. And so you told me both of you have been promoted to president? Or? That's right. That's right. We're going to be leading the association together. Our CEO, Leslie Beyer, has been with the organization for nine years, and she's going to be leaving in July. And so this is our succession plan that we have at the board initiated. And so I'm excited to lead with Tim because, like you said, he is very impressive. He spent a long time in D.C., working on the Hill and was the chief of staff for Congressman Poe. And so when Congressman Poe retired, then Tim decided to come back to Texas. All right. And we were lucky to snag him up. So I want people to know about this Energy Workforce Council. Now, you said your background is nonprofit. Is this nonprofit? Yeah, it's a trade association that's a nonprofit. It's not a nonprofit like a C6 that's a charity. It is a nonprofit organization. And so that's kind of how it all came together. But you're not alone in not having heard of us, although we've been working hard. Well, we're going to try to correct that. That's why you're doing this podcast. For sure. But also, a lot of people are familiar with us under our legacy trade associations. And so the organization itself is celebrating its 90th year this year. And it came together two years ago under this new name name from two associations that came together, PISA, the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association, and the AESC, which primarily represented well-servicing sector. Right, I've heard of AESC. Yeah. So those two came together, you say, just two years ago? That's right. 
And you became Energy Workforce Council. Yeah, Energy Workforce and Technology Council. And Technology Council. That's right. Okay, so what is that? Yeah, so now we're the largest national trade association representing energy services and equipment companies. Really? Mm-hmm. And we have over 400 member companies all across the supply chain. So, you know, the large member companies that you would have heard of would be like SLB and Baker Hughes. Halliburton, Weatherford, and then it goes all the way down. These are all part of this organization? Absolutely. And it goes all the way down the supply chain to a company that might be a manufacturer with one location in West Texas or maybe Bakersfield. And so our job is to represent the interests and advocate on behalf of all of those member company organizations. Okay, so you represent and advocate to whom? So we do that with the government at the federal level primarily, but also some state and local issues. So that's why, you know, Tim leads that government affairs team, and they're actually in D.C. this week doing our fly-in. Yeah, I was hoping he could join us, but as you said, he's in D.C. right now. That's right. He is. What's he doing right now? So meeting with members of Congress and the administration. Really? Um, Yep. So I think they had... Over 40 members of Congress that they met with, they met with the Department of State this morning and Department of Interior. So meeting with all the different people, it's important for them to understand what our industry is and what it isn't. You know, when we come in, we talk about that we're representing jobs and technology. And it's hard to turn away a conversation when we talk about the number of jobs that we represent in that member's district. So in the U.S., we represent over 650,000 jobs, and it's, you know, across the gamut, technology jobs, and there's also a lot of, you know, people in the field in our manufacturing facilities that are doing hard work, and they get a really good career out of it. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. It just frustrates me to no end every time I hear one of these politicians bloviating about the big, bad oil corporations, you know, and I think about all the people who support their families from the big, bad oil corporations. And it's just a totally different perspective of how you look at that time. I'm glad they're helping to change the worldview, so to speak. There's a lot of misunderstandings about our industry, and there's a lot of misunderstandings, like you said, about how we play a role in lowering you know, the impacts of carbon, and we'll continue to use the technology that comes out of this industry to help mitigate that. That's exactly right. And that's exactly what is happening. From time to time, we have people on who we just continue to illustrate that. I've got some people coming up here in the next two or three interviews that are going to illustrate that fact. So I'm a small, well, you mentioned the big boys, you know, and I guess there's some kind of sponsors or they have some kind of gold level, platinum level membership or what's the deal? So the memberships are corporate. Any company that joins, then everybody within their organization is a member. So The way that it works, how we have so many member companies, like large ones to very small ones, is the dues are tiered. So it's based on your sales revenue, which also then helps when you have a bad year, then your dues go down. And then when you have a good year, then your dues go up. Yeah, Yeah, so it works because it's really important to have not only the big boys, like I mentioned, but also... It's really important to have all the small organizations. The mom and pop type Absolutely. Absolutely. It changes the conversation when you're meeting with members of Congress and you're, you know, this is a small company that only has this one location. Yeah, we're not talking about this big, bad oil company or or Halliburton or... Heaven forbid. Exactly. (laughs) That's a good point. So did you tell me and did I forget already how many members do you have? Well, there's over 400 member companies. 400 member companies. That's right. We're happy to represent all the people that we do. And 
Yeah. If I have a little service mom and pop service company and I want to join Energy Workforce, what do I do? You can come and check us out. We have an industry, a membership industry application and We'll talk, and this is all on the website? Them. Yeah, it's all on energyworkforce.org. and Energyworkforce.org. Okay, yeah. we'll put that in the show notes. Or you can reach out to any of the staff and we'll, you know, we'll walk them through the process. Okay. So is Houston the main office? It is. And then we have chapters. So we have domestic chapters and then we have two international chapters. Oh, really? Where are those? Our international are Middle East and then Latin America, primarily based out of Argentina. Then the domestic chapters, the most active are obviously the Permian and Oklahoma, but we have chapters that are active in California, Mississippi, Louisiana, throughout. So opportunities for our members to come together and network across the supply chain, but also what those chapters are good at doing is they bring in operators. Like yesterday, I was in Midland. We had Danny Wesson, who's the COO of Diamondback come out and we talked specifically about like how he partners with his suppliers and what he wants to see from them and what the suppliers also need from our operators as well. And then also too, we give out scholarships and the chapters are involved in that as well. Those are four-year scholarships for anybody that works for a member company. Their dependents can go to anything post high school. So college, uh, vocational. If they specialize or if they major in like petroleum engineering or what is there something? No, kind of- you can be a nursing student. We need it all. Oh, that's great. And full four-year rides. Well, I mean, it's not a full ride, but it's four, four it's years. It's four, four years. It helps, it helps a them lot. Up. Yeah, it, it does. Okay. And then you mentioned something else talking about the networking. Yeah. So it's kind of a two-pronged thing if you're a member. You get this representation, this advocacy in Washington. But then it's this networking opportunity. So it actually can benefit your business from the bottom line. Absolutely. I mean, organizations aren't going to be involved in a trade association that isn't benefiting their business. The advocacy part is so important. And sometimes you are able to directly tie it to, hey, we helped you out on, you know, tariffs or something like that and made this dollar amount. But you know, the business aspect of it and those relationships that you have, like you've got to be able to get things out of being involved in a trade association. And part of that is that networking. And part of it is the advocacy. And then the other part is the best practice sharing on topics like HSE. Okay. So that was actually... Did I give you a nice segue? Now I know why you're the president. Okay. (laughs) Now I know why they promoted you. Earning my key. Because in our last few minutes here, that's exactly, as I said, I was introduced to you guys because I went to an SPE meeting where Tim was actually a presenter, and he was actually talking about this massive bill they passed last year called IRA, Inflation Reduction Act. But inside IRA, as I suppose a lot of people know, there's a lot of, what will you call it, environmental provisions that relate to oil and gas, let's let's, let's just call it that, some methane emission tax credits, and actually can work the other way too. So he was explaining all that, and that's how I got introduced to you guys. I found out that you're actually taking on a major initiative in safety this year. Is that right? Yeah. So we have an HSE committee um, that's made up of the HSE professionals from our member company organizations. And They look at every year kind of what they would like to accomplish. And so some of the things that they work on are things like everybody is seeing across the board an increase in incidents. Incidents. Now, you're saying in general? Safety incidents. Safety incidents. So some people call those IRRs or TIRRs. Yes, yes. And so there's been an increase there. And there's been a lot of discussion about how we help mitigate that, how we can 
at the end of the day, we want to keep everybody safe. Come home safely. That's the theme of this show. Come home safely. And part of that is there's a tight labor market. We're trying to bring people into the industry. And we want people to know that when they come to work in the oil and gas industry, that safety is paramount and that they are going to be able to come home safely. It's interesting that you mentioned that because, as you know, Knowledge Vine is the sponsor of this show. Yeah. One of the matrices that they have that they've measured with some of the companies that they've worked with is they can actually show with some of their technology a reduction in turnover once companies become safer. Yeah. People feel better about working. I mean, who wants to be worried about going to work every day and thinking I might not come home safe? That's right. Nobody wants to take that risk. And so it's so important that in addition to like what Knowledge Vine is doing, but bringing people together. And there's not a competitive advantage to keeping our people safe. The industry is better. We can all attract more people, keep more people if we are working together to be safer. And so that's one of the things, too, that they're looking at. They have a working group on human performance principles. Really? That's great. That's a very good point. Yeah. We're not competitive, you know. It's not trade secrets. And- yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, or where the next big oil find is or whatever. That's right. Know, so. That's right. That's good. It's important to bring everybody together. And so we're doing like how we can educate our members on human performance principles and kind of some best practices around that. And so we'll be leaning on companies like Knowledge Vine to kind of develop those best practices. That's great. That's great. Well, one of the benefits to being a host of this podcast is, is I get to meet lots of great people and lots of great companies and This is certainly no exception. I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank Uh, you. Anything else you want to? I mean, I appreciate the opportunity. I think one other point I might bring up on the kind of HSE side that we're working on is also when we're talking about the increase in incidents and keeping everybody safe is also putting a focus on driving safety. I'm glad you mentioned that. I got off track as soon as you said increase in incidents and I said you said, well, overall, but actually... At least in West Texas, I don't know if it's that way everywhere, but that is becoming a huge problem in the Permian. It is. And we've done really great as an industry of being focused on safety at the wellhead. Right, or on the rig or in the plant. Absolutely. And so we need to bring that type of attention to driving safety because there is definitely an increase in driving issues. And so we're trying to work with, you know, other groups. And, you know, I know there's the Permian Safety Road Coalition and seeing how we can help amplify what they're doing, just really bringing a spotlight to that area. Okay. Well, folks, hopefully you've learned something here. Go to the website, check out Energy Workforce and Technology. The website is just simply Mm energyworkforce.org. That's it. Okay. Well, Molly, I really appreciate you taking your time. Appreciate you inviting me. We're sitting in this nice conference room here at uh, City West. So thanks for coming on. And to everybody out there, as always, thank you for listening. Please tell your friends to listen. Post us on LinkedIn and your other social media. Leave us a review on iTunes, Spotify, or the review link in the show notes. Again, as I said, check out our newest podcasts at OGGN.com. And please tune in again next week for another episode of this Oil and Gas HSE podcast sponsored by Knowledge Vine. Knowledge Vine is your dependable partner for full service human performance and safety consulting. Knowledge Vine is error reduction that works. Discover more about Knowledge Vine, as we said, by finding in the show notes the website link and the information on the HPAC conference in April, including the conference discount code, or just simply reach out to me, and we'll see you next time. 
Tune in next week for another engaging episode of the Oil & Gas HSE podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. Learn more at OGGN.com.